Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julian Ryder and Neil Hodgson here in Phillip Island, ahead of round 16 of the championship. We've got our champion, finally, for 2016. Mark Marquez, of course, last time out in Japan. Uh, and boys, what I want to know is just how he did it this season. Well, everybody else wants to know that as well. I mean, he's just he's just ridiculous, isn't he? He's incredibly talented. How he rides as well, the, the entertainment value of how loose he rides a motorcycle. Uh, let's not forget, at the start of the season, certainly pre-season testing, on a bike that clearly doesn't work. Honda was in all sorts of trouble and uh, he's managed to convert that into winning the championship with three rounds to go, Julian. I was searching for the image of this season and what came to me and keeps coming into my mind is that save at Assen when he locked the front going into turn one and left a, what, a 20-yard black line shaped like a question mark. I cannot get that out of my mind. How, how can you do that on a motorbike? Yeah, well, no one knows. <laughs> that's what... And that's a world champion speaking, <laughs> folks. And that's the key, isn't it, for him? Because of the way the Honda's working, it's about being able to brake deeper, further into the corner than anyone seems to have ever managed before. Yeah, he attacks the corners like no one, no one I've ever seen. I mean, we talk about the Stoner era of his ability and what he did on the motorcycle. It's almost like Mark's just gone up a notch. Mm. That, that fraction and rides even looser, even more aggressive... But he's consistent as well with it. You know, normally when you see riders yeah. ride like that, the consistency is usually all over the place. Because we haven't seen the all-action Marquez this year. He has changed. Have you enjoyed seeing the new Marquez in inverted yes, commas? Yes, I think he's let the inner chimp out a couple of times, like at Silverstone. Mm. I like what he said at the press conference after Japan last week, that uh, his management kept telling him, Aragon is coming. While he was going through, he hadn't won a dry race since Texas. Could well be, yeah. Uh, don't worry, Mark. Aragon is coming. Aragon is coming. And we know what they meant, don't we? And, and he had a relatively poor run for him where he had a, a few fourth places, yeah. didn't he? He was off mm. the podium for the first time in his career for, was it four races? Or, yeah, so, so, it was. He yeah, had a first or second in four races. That was it. That yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is hard to believe. It, to sum up how, how successful his MotoGP career has been, yeah. And he started the year saying there is a new Marquez. I'm, I've learned from everything. And, and Le Mans really was the wake-up call, uh, again, wasn't it? Again, this was the other significant thing he said in the post-Japan press conference, that he realised that crash in Le Mans and getting back on to finish 13th actually brought home 
what the reality was of his situation. He's the only rider across the classes to have scored points in every race. And in that race, even though he crashed, he still got the three points, which might not be significant, but it's <laughs> the three points that have taken him pretty much across the that, threshold. That, that's worth repeating, Gav, slowly. He's the only rider across all classes to have scored in every race. What we saw last year, the rider we saw last year, the... You know, all out, almost. He made some real score by errors, didn't mm. he? It was he, mm. at times it was it was embarrassing. Actually, oh, last Ca- year, Catalonia, yeah, was embarrassing. I remember Aragon was embarrassing as well. He yes. did, you know, and I didn't believe at the start of this season. I genuinely did not believe what he was saying when he was saying, "I've changed and I'm going to be yeah. a different rider." Well, I went, what, I'll believe that when third, I say it. Th- second, first, first. I mean, in the first three races, yeah. So the fact that he's done it, that he has changed, does that say more about him, about his talent, about his persona as a champion? Does it make him more? Yeah, does it make him more of a champion, more special talent? It does because I think the hardest thing for him to control is that that you know he's an out and out aggressive winner, and he's managed to somehow get a hold of that and, and, and control it. So he's got three races now where he can let himself off the lead. Are we going to see the old Marcus? You did that interview with him, didn't you, uh, at the end of the race in Japan? And it was brilliant. I loved it. This evil smile came across. It, was. it wasn't evil, let's admit it. It was Cheeky. just this it joyous was a, smile, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it, of, yes, the old Marcus is coming mm. out. We've got to look forward to that, especially someone like Philip Island. Yeah, we are in for some entertainment these last three rounds. And he's still only 23 years old. He's the most successful 23-year-old. Five world championships to his name beats Rossi to that, beats Halewood, and he probably should be six times world champion because that year when he lost out to Stefan Braddle, he was going to win if he hadn't have hurt himself. He didn't, but, you know, he's... Yeah, if, ifs and buts, Gav, I agree. But when you were talking about a bloke who is breaking records set by Mike Halewood and Valentino Rossi... Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not just hyping this up. They to, are the facts that speak to, for themselves. To quote Nicky Hayden, I didn't just beat the kid round the corner... Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it's incredible. He's got the same amount of MotoGP titles now as Lorenzo, you know, yeah. and he's, he's 23 years old. It's, uh, it's uh, amazing. Well, well he's let... got more than Casey Stoner. Yeah. He's more MotoGP titles than Casey Stoner already. Yeah. What's he going to do? Really, where's, where's uh, this end? Well, anything, it's a matter of motivation, surely. Which at the moment is not even a question. Not even near. It, the bag is overflowing with motivation. It's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? So, well, let's, yeah. let's hear what Marquez had to say here at Phillip Island on the day before the Australian Grand Prix. So, Mark, five world championships down. So, I'll just assume the five beers on Sunday night then. <laughs> <laughs> Five and a little bit more. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, uh, it was a nice uh, celebration, of course. Uh, we enjoyed it with the, with the team because also they were like uh, extra motivated. They were uh, really happy and, and yeah, we, we celebrated well. But uh, now already in Phillip Island and here you must to be concentrated because uh, the speed is really high. I remember the race here last year, which many people say is one of the best of the last few years. Did you enjoy it here last year, one year ago? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot uh, last, uh, last year here because uh, it was one of the best. Uh, many overtakes with me, Valentino, Janone, Jorge, and in the end, uh, we won. Uh, we take the 25 points and it was a really nice Sunday too. When you spoke to Neil after the race in Japan, you promised us that the old Mark would be back. That, that you know, you can leave the brain on one side again, and now you start to ride like we know you love to ride. Is that still the case? Still the plan? 
Uh, still the plan, but uh, start, Emilio, my manager, start to but be careful because in the end your body is your body. <laughs> but uh, you know now you feel uh, quite comfortable, so we will try, we will try. But uh, this doesn't mean that you will win. Uh, in the end, uh, I will try to to push, but of course I want to finish the races too. If it's possible in the podium every race, and uh, why not uh, some victory? Of course we will try. And it's going to be a difficult weekend, isn't it? Because it looks like some rain we're going to have over the weekend at some point. It's going to be cold as well. Michelin have brought a lot of tyres to try and deal with the track surface and the temperatures. It's, it's hard work, isn't it, uh, Phillip Island? Yeah, it's a really hard work because uh, we test, okay, we test on, uh, on winter time uh, here on, on the pre-season, but here was summer time. And yeah, we was a was really good test for us, but uh, now it's completely different. Looks like the forecast also here is unstable. Tomorrow, Friday, will be rain. We will see. Also, we have many different tires, asymmetric tires in the front. So it's something that uh, we must understand on the bike and like uh, try to be normal weekend and be ready on Sunday. I can hear the throat a little bit. Have you had lots of interviews to do, lots of media appointments? Uh, is uh, party plus the interviews <laughs> plus a little bit cold here. <laughs> Still, my voice is not perfect. <laughs> it's not quite ready there, but you'll be for, for the rest of the weekend. Um, do you expect a similar battle to last year? I expect a similar battle. Why not? Because uh, Jorge and Valentino, uh, they are fighting for the second place of the championship and they will be there. Then I think Vinales will be strong here already in winter time. And uh, Janone is not here this uh, year, but... Uh, seagulls are happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> of course, but uh, we will see how we can uh, fight. But uh, if we can be there in front, will be already a nice thing. And obviously, the World Championship, when it came, was a surprise in a way. We, we thought it was going to be coming to you. Um, so what does it feel like to have it in the pocket? It was a great surprise, of course, and a big, big surprise because uh, nobody expect on Sunday, even me, because I didn't feel extra nervous. I just feel another race. But uh, yeah, of course, it uh, makes you happy. But also, it's a strange feeling because when you won the championship, it looks like this guy now needs to be extra motivated. But your body also makes like, and uh, cool down, and uh, I feel more relaxed. But we will try to, to be... Uh, same mark and uh, in some points even taking a little bit more risk. <laughs> That's what we are looking forward to seeing so much. Mark, have a great weekend and you. you should enjoy it just all weekend. More parties, more parties. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> okay, we do a great race on Sunday and then Sunday night another one. Come right, on. We'll see you there. Mark, all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully we will see the new Mark Marquez here this weekend in Australia. Conversely, at Yamaha, an absolute disaster in Mategi. Quick pop quiz, when was the last time Rossi and Lorenzo crashed out of a wet or dry race in the same race together? I have not got a clue. Go on. No, nope, I've got you a know clue. Gav. Yeah. Go on. Never. Oh, wow. well, there you go. I feel better now. That's why. So do I. It hasn't happened, wet or dry, wow. that they have both crashed out together. They are the most consistent riders in the World Championship. And that's why we thought this championship still had legs in it, still mm. had a chance to go down to the wire. What happened in Japan? What's happened since Catalonia? Yamaha have not won a race since Catalonia. So why is that? What do well, we put it down know. to? I don't look at me. You're looking at me now. I've no idea. Well, I the mean... conspiracy theorists are going for tyres and Michelin's being 
Well, uh, we were talking at the start of the season that was this this was really made for them, weren't we? Absolutely. And now, of course, because conspiracy theorists uh, got their tinfoil hats on. Well, yes, I don't understand the nature of evidence, but hey, you know they're saying it. The tyres now suit the Honda, but Jorge hated the tyres. He had at the start of the year and liked the new tyres, unless I'm much mistaken. Yeah, I don't believe any of that side of it. I mean, all the riders you speak to are still learning these tyres because yeah. they are changing. We've got different tyres this weekend again. Mm. Yeah. So who are they going to suit? I, I mean, I don't believe any of that. The fact that they've not won since Barcelona and I'm, we're here every weekend, I didn't even realise that was the fact. And that is hard for, to really it? comprehend. I had to check the paperwork a couple and of it, times. And we need to we need to find out well, what's I think been it's happening. The well, most barren run for Yamaha since Rossi joined it, them. It is. It so is. that's back in two thousand and four. That's a yeah. long time for a factory that reinvented itself really with Rossi because you had a few fallow years, didn't you, since Wayne Rainey winning the championship. A lot of fallow years. A lot of fallow yeah, years. So that was Even fun. with Biaggi there, there was some success but never quite reaching championship level. It became the bike to be on Yamaha and, and now over the last few races, with arguably two of the best riders of all time on board, it hasn't been working. And um, Rossi was it a case of win it or bin it? He had to win, didn't he? He was all out in, in he, Japan. He said himself that he was. it wasn't about the fight with Jorge for second or top Yamaha, however you want to put it. It was about trying to beat Marquez. And, was, you know, yes, he's human. He made the same mistake as lots of other guys. On turn 10, on, on turn that corner, caught a lot of maybe people. Maybe not like. even a mistake, Neil. Just caught out by circumstances. Yeah, so many people crashed there this weekend. Mark Marquez crashed on that corner this weekend in one of the free practice sessions. It was easy to crash. More of a surprise for me was when... Lorenzo went down at that point in the race. He dug in, hadn't he? And, and he yeah. had, had a, such a horrible Saturday. He was oh. putting in a sterling performance. Uh, bearing in mind, he was the only yeah. one chasing Mark at that And he was point, holding then. Dovi and Maverick Vinales He probably off. was going to get to the line, wasn't he? I think so, because the gap, the gap never really came down. Any time Dovi closed it, Jorge it got to half it. a second and then it really won't. never even looked like... Dovi couldn't show him a wheel. So uh, he, he unfortunately then, it, it got away from at him. Turn was that nine. What we put in that? one down to just just well it was also if you just look back at that weekend how many crashes did we see it was a ridiculous amount of crashes all front enders uh, lots of them as well and that corner where he crashed turn nine so many people crashed there different from turn 10 well, this was a getting just touching the throttle yeah look, like, as soon as the weight loading the off, front it just, end yeah it just went yeah. so just a very strange weekend all around we talk about them here though Somewhere around here. I remember in the stony years, Lorenzo was peerless. Rossi is the most successful rider around Phillip Island. Well, you've, you've mentioned briefly the tyres, but what do we think this weekend of, of Valentino and Jorge? The tyres, Michelin are bringing brand new compounds. So they tested them at Bruno, didn't they? I've, I've heard. They, these are the ones they tested at Bruno specifically for here. Fronts, are we talking? Or rears or both? Certainly, say, fr certainly, certainly the fronts. Front. Right, okay. Right. Well, before we discuss what's going to happen this weekend, shall we talk about weather? Because I think we need to. It's you look at the forecast. What's it saying, Gav? It's it's all ninety five percent chance of rain tomorrow and heavy rain. It could carry on until Saturday, maybe in the morning. But looks like from then a bit brighter. But it's going to be cold. Yeah. Once the rain's been here, it freshens up. We've got a beautiful day here on Thursday in Phillip Island. Uh, but the, when the wind picks up and it turns and it comes off the the Bass Strait, it comes from the south from Tasmania way. It's a chilly wind that one because the next stop after that's Antarctica. Yeah. You know? And and we've had some cold rounds this year. Silverstone springs to mind. Can you remember what happened there? I mean, the tyres appear to give the riders not a lot of feeling, especially mm. the front. And there's lots of crashes. We see a lot of riders crashing on outlaps. I've got a horrible feeling if it is like it looks like it's going to be 
relatively cold, mixed weather, we're going to see a lot of crashes because they have to bring the range of compounds are usually on the harder, stronger side because this track is an anti-clockwise track. There's so many left-hand corners and it abuses tyres. If you remember how many years ago when they had to do the flag-to-flag race because... Bridgestone brought a tyre that just couldn't the, do the more. The new than surface ripped it to shreds. Because generally, the right-hand corners here, apart from Turn 1, you've got your Honda hairpin, your MG, they're tight, slow corners, whereas the left, your southern loop, you're coming through Siberia, and Kansies. more than anything, Lukey Heights, and then the last corner, the big, long That's the one that destroys corner. me, the last corner. Because the last corner goes on for something like 20 seconds, yeah. you know, and it's just All acce- accelerating. accelerating, going up through the, through the gearbox from second, well, all the way to... A, six down the straight but you know to, to fifth on the exit of the corner so yeah it's uh, really tough for Michelin boys this weekend yeah, let's hear what the two Yamaha riders had to say before the Australian Grand Prix Valentino I'm sure it was a massive disappointment in Japan that the championship finally went the way of Mark so what's the feeling coming here now to Phillip Island a track that you love so much you've had so much success at over the years Yes, great shame for the mistake in, in Motegi because uh, I was competitive, I was strong, I can fight, I can do a good race, but uh, unfortunately I have to go at home with, with nothing, with, with zero. Uh, but the good thing is have another race here, uh, straight away, because uh, it's a fantastic place. Uh, with the weather of today is, uh, I think, the most special, particular racetrack of the season. Looks like the forecast, the weather is not fantastic, but I hope that uh, that coming better, because it's always always great in Philippe Island, and, and it's good to come back on the bike and try try to fight, try to make a good race. Yeah, and with that, we know there's a lot of problems with the cold and the tyres and all that kind of thing. But what's the motivation for you now for these final three races? What's spurring you on to the end of the season? Uh, arrive at the end of the three races, take points and uh, fight for uh, for the podium in the three occasion. Every uh, three very different weekend. Here with the weather, uh, Malaysia, new asphalt, fantastic track, but especially a great challenge because uh, it's the tougher race of the season. It's very hot, it's very difficult. And also very important in Valencia because it's, uh, usually it's not my favourite track, so try to, to arrive on the podium there and, and after we see. All the best for the last three, Valentino. Thank you. Okay, tough weekend last time out with a big crash. And also, it's, we've not seen a Yamaha win since uh, Barcelona, which is hard to believe. What do you think? What's, why is that? Well, uh, luckily for us, uh, the, the change from Brixton to Michelin at the beginning was a, a little advantage to us. No? Uh, I don't know why, some way, somehow, we were able to take the best performance of the Michelin quickly and the new electronic. And Honda, Suzuki, uh, especially they, they struggle with the electronic. No? Little by little they improve, they have a big improvement while uh, we start in a very high level but we didn't improve so much. So that's why they, they catch us. And uh, now Honda and Suzuki, they are very competitive. And Ducati in some places are, are the, the stronger one, in some places they struggle. So finally it's difficult for us with so many competencies and so many riders with good bikes to be able to make the difference like last year or, or the beginning of the season. And last year we saw you have a fantastic race here, just pipped at the end by Mark. It's a great track. You must be looking forward to this weekend. It's an unbelievable track when the conditions are perfect. No? When there is sunny, there is no wind. It's amazing to ride here. It's so wonderful and, and so fluid, so smooth and, and so fast. When it's cold or windy uh, on rainy, it's, it's very complicated, dangerous, and you have to be careful. So let's see. It, it looks like it's going to be like that tomorrow. So 
not good predictions, but uh, you never know what can, what can happen, what can you feel on the bike. Thanks for talking to us, Jorge. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. So we go on to uh, this weekend's race. Uh, no Andre Iannone again. Now, there's a lot of rumbling around the paddock at the moment. He's going to be replaced by Hector Barber and Mike Jones stepping into his seat. But where is Iannone? What's going on there? Well, is something more than injury here? Or You're our Spanish reader. What does that story in La Marca say? Yeah, that the team aren't happy with him yep. at the moment. That you know, He told them late. And, and there's something about you know the fact he's leaving at the end of the year. It's all a little bit tense. Well, the seagull population of Phillip Island will be happy, <laughs> won't they? Gavin the seagull, God rest his soul. Um, I don't know why they dubbed him Gavin. I took it, was, it was quite, personally. quite chubby. Um, <laughs> very, very slow reactions, and clearly. A, and a Yorkshire Thank accent. You. Thank you. Yeah. And he liked fish and chips. Sorry, Gavin. Because <laughs> they yeah. all do seagulls. Having had them nicked out of my hand in London, no pier, once upon a time by a flock of seagulls. I can tell you, they Pre love, a, love the fish and chips. So do Yorkshiremen. Gav, let it go. Let yeah, it go. I can't. He's I can't. stressed about that. If you take food off Gavin, though, you know it's like Jules. He never forgets. <laughs> the whole of North Wales has never been forgiven. Well, Suzuki, though, be worried about having signed Andrea. Well, I mean, they'll have mixed feelings. If anyone, I mean, like the, what Andrea's doing now, I mean, it's very unprofessional. Well, we are speculating, so let's yeah. just say. Yeah. But, it, it's only but what we're there being are some told. good clues. But the signs are there, aren't they, Julian? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be a bit worried. Yeah, absolutely, because... You want, you know, if this is the way he's going to treat the manufacturer, let's not forget that Ducati are the manufacturer that brought him into MotoGP. They give him a great opportunity, and he's had some good years with them. Yes. I think professionalism should take over your personal feelings. As long as he's quick, they'll be fine. That's true. Because if he's a rider's quick, you forgive him for being a bit of a git at times. <laughs> and they are quick at the moment. Another podium last time out, strong weekend. Uh, is there a chance for another win? They've yeah. highlighted this one. When you speak to them, they looked at this circuit and I said... I think that's, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? The Suzuki round here is going to be good. The rider round Phillip Island can make the difference. It's what we've seen over the years, and it really has been forever, hasn't it, Julian? Um, this place, yes. This place, the rider... <laughs> I remember Troy Bayliss on a 250 Suzuki, which was horrendous as a wild card battling sort of as a, as a replacement. As he, a replacement, and as he a one -off. rode round the outside of Olivier Jacques at the Southern Loop in one memorable moment. Yeah. And Jacques on full lean did a big double take. Who the hell is yeah. that? <laughs> You're not supposed to do this, but that's that's what this track has yep. always done. It. So there's every chance Vinales, even Alicia Spargro showed some really well, good he's, signs he's, in Japan. The last couple of races, Alicia's. Uh, found something, to use the old cliche, but he really does appear to have found uh, something that gives him a feel he's been missing. We'll go on to uh, that and him moving to Aprilia, but uh, just a quick word on Cal Crutchlo, another fifth place for him, another top independent. He's cemented on that. From what has been a shocking start, we keep saying it again and again, but his season keeps on getting better and better. So, quick question, why is he not riding the Repsol Honda this weekend and helping that team in the Teams World Championship? Why have they drafted in Nicky Hayden? Because it, I would assume and I've, that it was deemed not worth upsetting Lucio Cecanello's operation, which is working very well with Cal. As Cal himself said to us in uh, Japan, I won't go any faster if I'm wearing orange. Which actually, he won't. We know that. Do you He's think... Absolutely not. No one. But no, but he says it. Yeah. That's not. Uh, uh, what, 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 what do you like oh, about no, Cal? I always. Yeah. What, he's a straight shooter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he tries his so, hardest. Full stop. And he's a straight shooter. He'll tell you how it is. I will not go any faster in orange. What that means is the bike he's on is a factory bike. Yeah. It's as good as it gets. 
And they'll have factory people inside LCR. They'll be exactly. They share all. Cal tells you they share all the data. He gets to see what Mark Marquez is doing. It would make no difference. If anything, he'd probably go worse on an orange bike. Well, he gets used to new people and new systems. Absolutely, absolutely. I think Neil speaks the truth here. There is no doubt. Despite though, people on Twitter and all that, that that, like, oh no, it's not like he's on a really old bike. Oh yeah, he had a a couple of tests and what have you to get used to. The personnel and the way of working, having the extra, the extra support certainly would be useful, but not over one weekend. Life ain't that simple. And no. instead, it's Nicky Hayden who's going to come in and replace uh, Danny Pedrosa. That's one for the nostalgists among, among I'm us. I'm one of them. I am. I'm, I'm joining you because Nicky around here. Nicky around here he held the record on the 800. Yeah. Not a Nicky Hayden motorcycle for a good few years. He stood on a rostrum for the first time here in a race where we went past Ukawa one lap and Satish Gibbonet on the final lap, round the outside somewhere down by the hay shed. Places you don't normally go round the outside of somebody. No, I, d- I mean, I don't know if this is Nicky's favourite track. If it's not, it's right up there, probably behind Laguna Sega, yeah, Anti-clockwise. Anti-clockwise. Bikes another... spinning up. Yeah. yeah. But he's come over from Hereth, from World Superbikes. He's, OK, he's ridden the bike once and actually didn't perform too badly, shall we say. Got a point on the, yep. uh, the Mark VDS machine. So that's, I suppose, something. He's uh, seen the tyres again. Yeah, and in the team's championship let's not forget that Movistar Yamaha failed to score one point last weekend and uh, the Honda's got 26 because Ayama got 15th so they've gapped them big time and I want to make a quick mention we talked about Alicia Spargo before he moves on to an Aprilia with Sam Lowe's next year both Aprilias yet again inside the top 10 Alvaro Bautista though in seventh place Uh, the, the gap between himself and the leader is coming down every single time. And straight into Q2. Yeah. And fast all weekend. Mm. This is not one of those, oh, no, they've had a good race because yeah. both Crashes. MR riders crashed. <laughs> crashed. Yeah. All weekend, both riders. And whenever it's both riders, that's when you know the bike is improving. It's not yeah. just, you know, one rider who's So what's confidence. it down to, do we think? Well, when we spoke to um, Romano Albeziano... Yeah, they had a new chassis a couple of rounds ago. I think it's a combination of a lot of small pieces all coming together and that them understanding this bike properly. It's real life. That's research and development, marginal gains. Yes, we've changed this, therefore we have to understand the effect on other systems. Ah, got that. Take the next step forward. I think Neil's absolutely right. Speaking to Sam Lowe's, as we were yesterday, playing golf with him, that was good of him to pay for us, by the way. That yeah, was nice to you, Sam. Sam. Cheers, yeah, Sam. Thanks, Sam. We so owe I'm you for that. glad you pay me to beat you. Oh! <laughs> 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 but, but but speaking to Sam, Sam said when he tested the bike, he said he didn't feel like the bike had a lot of engine braking, and he's give that feedback to them, and now they are running more engine braking. It's funny sometimes. Yeah. It, not not that Sam was trying to take credit at all. No, 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 we no. were talking about lots of small things, and yeah. that's one of them. It's probably feedback that came from the two very good riders they have on board yeah. that bike. Look how upset Bradle was when he crashed and mm. didn't make it into Q2. He mm. threw a fit like he just lost a Grand Prix. See, part of me is, is genuinely upset that both the riders aren't continuing in that team. I'm made up for Sam Lowe's, obviously, that he's got the ride and he's going to do a great job on it. But what upsets me in this industry sometimes is when I see two riders do a really good job and they don't get rewarded for it. And I think that both Bradle and Bautista have done a stunning job and they've not been rewarded for that. And I don't like to see that. Obviously, yep. I'm biased for the riders. So. Oh, it'll be interesting to see them here this weekend, won't it? Around a track where we talk about the rider making the difference. So I wonder what they're going to do. It'll be one to watch over the weekend, Absolutely. won't it? Uh, right, let's hear from uh, another rider who's got a big interest here this weekend. Of course, he is Jack Miller, uh, the home hope this weekend, who hopefully won't be speaking to Hodgie on the grid.
Well, first of all, Jack, welcome home. It must be so nice to come back to Australia where, you, you know, obviously you're constantly travelling. It's difficult for Australian riders, isn't it? Definitely. You know, we, uh, we live across the other side of a very, very big pond, that's for sure. It's, uh, it's a long way to travel and it's a long way to go racing, that's for sure. So, you know, we don't get to get home that, that often of the year, but it always is really, really nice when you do. And tell us about your year, because it has been up and down, and I don't mean that, you know, I'm not joking. I mean, oh, no. you've, you've had some... It is, it's a roller coaster. ...fantastic season. Obviously, the, the, the pinnacle being the win in Assen. We've seen you crash a bit. It, it's been all over the place, really. Tell us what's been going on. Like you said, it's been a, been a very up and down season. You know, I don't, don't know really what to make of it at the moment, because, I mean, it's still not over. You know, as I've seen this year, it can turn around in the blink of an eye. So, uh, you know, we had that real strong point there. We had... A great result in in Aston, of course, it was unbelievable. But then Saxon Ring as well was a really good one, and Austria was looking like it was going to be a really good one. And then yeah, in the morning just got caught out by a cold tire, and uh, just trying to prepare for the race. And yeah, it's uh, it's flipped my season upside down again. So uh, no, just fighting our way back from uh, from injury again, but uh, hoping we can really turn it around this weekend here at Phillip Island. That's for sure. We have to talk about the Phillip Island circuit, don't we? And, and its layout. And uh, it's, it does seem to create always some of the best racing we get. Last year, definitely, was a, a Billy Belter of a race, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It, well, it was the, last year's race was the best race of the season. And then you t- go around the paddock talking to people. It was probably one of the best MotoGP races in five years. At least at five least. years. Yeah, you're probably looking at 2009, aren't you? No, back to Catalonia, those, that kind of races around that, that was time. A, that was a last lap. Yeah. Not a, last year was from start to finish. And of course it started off the, the, the rumours of what the Italians called the biscotto, the, uh, the working together. You stop talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> so the biscotto, yeah, which was the uh, teaming up of Marquez and Lorenzo to stop Rossi winning the title. Let's not forget Marquez won the race though. So yes. and, and it was a Great scrap, wasn't it? Yanone in there as well, who's not here, unfortunately. Are we going to get something similar this weekend? Well, I can't see why not. You know, if it's a consistent weather on race day, yeah. Can, can Jack be in it? No, no, I don't think so. No. I mean, I think Jack will have a good weekend if he can stay on. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, he's been prone to to two A good, crashes, solid top crashes. 10 finish for Jack. Would be amazing. Would be really, really good for him going to the last two races of the year. Why is Phillip Island such a great circuit then? Great question. We're sat now in the commentary box. I'm looking at a map of the track, which is on one of our monitors, and you, and you look at it, and it, the nature of the track, for people at home, if you can be bothered to do this, if just Google the the Phillip Island track and have a look at the shape of it, and it looks like no other track. There's no um, sharp corners. It's got lots of flowy sections. Turn four. It's natural, isn't it's it? It's natural. Like If you look at turn one, for example, it's so fast, but there's lots of lines through this track. How much of the lap is a bike actually upright for here? Well, Answer, hardly at all. Just down the front straight. It is the little bit on that straight, and the rest, you've got some sort of lean angle. And And speed. Like I say, the riding can make a difference around here. It's a a very difficult puzzle, is Phillip Island, and you're constantly trying to change a line, or you're trying to solve the puzzle, find the grip. It's, It's just stunning. I loved it. Obviously, it's so picturesque as well. Yeah, I always love watching Katie Stone around here. I have oh. to say, however much we go back to it, but turn three round here. It's called the Stoner Corner, and there's no better reason, yeah. demonstration of why accelerating hard with a bike stepping out, going through up towards the Honda On his pin. last trip here, he was taking, what, half a second yeah. out of this field. On the first split. On the first <laughs> split. That, that corner. corner. 
Yeah, but which the, defies belief. And he, he explained how he did it. He basically was shutting the throttle off earlier than the other riders, and and then getting back on it. And he was on the throttle at the point where riders were shutting the throttle off. It's such a talent. And he was doing that to take the weight off the front so he didn't lose the front and slide it all this. Literally, when he we talk about... He was treating it as a three-figure speedway bet. He really was. He really, we talk about dirt tracking these bikes yeah. and all that, but he was doing it... He just took it to that next level. It was breathtaking. Quite to watch. unbelievable. And it's going to be great for some of the riders who are taking part as substitutes. Nicky Hayden, we mentioned before. Hector Barber again for Andre Inoni, but none more so. Big fairy tale. Mike Jones, again in for Hector Barbara. It's a bit of a fairy tale, isn't I'm it? I'm loving Mike Jones story. I'm loving he didn't do story. a bad job in Japan. He did a, absolutely as well as anybody could expect. Yeah. Quickest every session, team impressed, didn't deck it once in the weekend. What more could you ask? No, about? I know. And, and I, I was really concerned, as we all were, really, when we when it was announced that he was going to fill in. justly, though. I thought, wow, this is a rider I've never heard of. He finished fifth in the Australian Superbike Championship this year. I thought, oh, I hope this doesn't go horribly wrong and I, I was uh, FP1 the first practice session I was watching his times and he was 15 seconds off the pace for quite a while and I thought oh this is going to be awful and for him to work from that to get it with underneath three and a half seconds at one point was, was and, very and very you impressive you spoke to him on the grid he seems like a very down to earth level can I say kid. one of the best lines of the year for Mr Hodgson as he walked up to Mike Jones on the grid and said have a look behind you <laughs> that's a factory Honda <laughs> was for yeah. me that's the gold medal for the year and, and he gets the big prize doesn't he of riding an Australian Grand Prix thoroughly deserved Th that's what he's got that's the way of putting it Gav he's he's almost got the prize now of, of the hard work he put in in Japan yep. it is thoroughly deserved well, and we're all excited to see how he gets the, on the professional one. work he put in in Japan you know he's a protege of Troy Bayliss's so perhaps we shouldn't be surprised no. but you look at you look at him in like clubman leathers and helmet and there's this patch on the leathers mixed leather fix service you know you're dealing with a a man scrabbling for the odd quid don't you when he's got that sort of advert on his leathers yeah i think his goal this weekend will be to try to not get lapped he did just get lapped at the yeah. end it didn't show on, on the monitor which was which was a shame the reason he got lapped i know why he got lapped was when hector barber had crashed when he got back on the track hector came past him and he lost about five seconds on that lap i think he just like he didn't he was conscious of not getting in anyone's way i think so mm. he, he backed right off and if he did not backed off i was looking at the times he wouldn't he have got just, lapped he yeah, just got so. round. I, is he riding in the Australian Superbikes this weekend as well? Be one to watch out. He might be doubling up. I'm guessing he will. You be, think he has to be? Yeah, that's his God, main that's his bread and butter, to, isn't he? it? Which I remember Chaz Davis doing that one to Laguna Seca yes. when he was riding in the uh, AMA and uh, jumping on the Pramac bike in between events. He was uh, exhausted by the end of the weekend. Shall yeah, we remember say, how Chaz did that? I know we're, just, we're going off on one here, but yeah. Chaz did unbelievable that yeah. weekend, didn't yeah, he? On really the dancing well. Ducati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. Pramac, yeah. Ducati. Of not fond memory. Yeah, yeah, he was right up there. Uh, right, let's move on after we've covered MotoGP and talk about Moto2 with uh, Joan Zarco now, a 21-point lead in the championship. Three rounds to go. Alex Rins crashed out on the first lap. We'll talk about that in a second. Sam Lowe's also went down. So is the title his? 21 points, three races. It's still not over, is it? It's not over, but you would be hard pushed to invest in anybody else. The big girl is warming up her vocal cords the as old, we speak. Yes, she's, she's warming up in the dressing room and uh, I feel we're going to see the first ever retention of the Moto2 title. 
Um, is that is that what you think as well? Yeah. Or is there a chance for this to get into Johan's head again? Because we have seen that in the past. Not last year, we'll point out. But this year, there have been a few A few signs. About Do you know what's, what's so good about him, uh, Johan Zarko? And, and Japan was a great example. He got a little bit bullied, a bit duffed up on that first lap. And then he watched all the inexperienced people make some mistakes around him. And then he got his head down. He got his tyres up to temperature. On a track that was difficult, like I said mm. uh, before, Japan was not running... The track itself was sort of almost inconsistent with its grip. He got a lovely feeling and he worked hard and he, he, he obviously caught Tom Lutie up. He didn't, he didn't have to risk going for the win. He pressed for a short while, yeah. didn't he? And they decided, no, that's, Tom's got, got this. I'll he have did. 20 To be points. fair, I'll give Tom some credit there. He actually reacted. His, ta- his lap times dropped. He was in a comfortable I'll, position. And... I'm, a, I'm a Tom Lutie fan. I'll always give Tom Lutie credit. So I will uh... say about Tom, at the moment, he's in a really rich vein of form and he's consistency, good which is rare for, yeah, for, best season for Tom. For ages. So could he still be a dark horse? I know he's no. 43 points behind. Is that the bridge too far? I think it's way too far. But he's having his best season since he won the World Championship in 2005. Five, yeah. yeah, on the 125. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, all, cr- yeah. all credit to him. It's just that all that little bit too late. Of course, Zarka would have to leave this race with a 50-point advantage in the championship, so he can't win the championship here in Australia this weekend. Um, so what about Alex Rins? What does he do? Where does he go from here? What went on in, in Japan? Great question, because what went on in Aragon as well, the round before, he was nowhere all through practice, finished about 7th or 8th in the that's race. That's a better question, if you'll... I'm, 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 I'm totally confused. Yes, he was carrying a slight injury in Japan when he crashed on Friday in Friday afternoon's practice, but he was way off the pace before then. He was 21st fastest in FP1. What on earth, Julian, what's going on there? And what I mean, was he doing on that first lap? Uh, yeah, well, and, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. It was that, a, that's another good point. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. It's... it's, it's if you describe this behaviour to me, I'd say, oh, that Zarko flipping his lid again. It ain't. It's written, so I thought it was an Iceman. Hmm. Yeah, Mr. Cool, Mr. Consistent. But no, it's and the wheels have fallen and off. Sam Lowe's, well, we, we know. He, he had to win, didn't he? He was going all that. Bit of early exuberance, perhaps, yeah. from it, Sam. It was not a San Marino horrible display. It was a man who knew his only chance was to push and win and hope the cards fell in, in his direction. And it, Yeah, he, he said to us yesterday when we were playing golf, he just said, I probably didn't respect the full tank. Yeah. It was early on, what was it, lap two or yeah. three? Yeah. And he said, I should have just... But he's still... Yeah. I know we're all still learning, but, you know, he's still learning mm. and... But he had, you know, his only chance for the championship was to push and win. And he was trying to duff up around that point, Zarko. Yeah. And we've seen in those situations, when Zarko gets duffed up, it takes him, it can take him five laps to recover. Yeah. So he was doing the right thing, really, trying to bully the man yeah. who was leading the championship. Yeah. So I can't, bl- you know, whereas Sam, I will criticise as long as you like for his riding in San Marino. Yeah. I refuse to have a go at him about Japan. Yeah, me too. And just talking to Moto2, we have another rider for the grid next year, and it's Johnny Hernandez, who's dropping down from MotoGP. Um, I don't know. Is it a case of we know that he's been replaced by Carol Abraham in MotoGP next year? Probably the less said about that, the better, because we know where uh, pretty much that has come from. Johnny dropping to, to Moto2. That's exciting, isn't it? He's on the AGR. Yeah, really exciting. I just can't get the thought out of my mind. I'm just frustrated about the situation. It's I thought... Uh, does he know. deserve to keep his ride, though? Of course he did. No, he did. He did. Uh, he, he deserved to keep his ride. Uh, he's not. He's not finished out and out last in any races. I don't yeah. think. It's just he had a worse season than R- last. Yeah, year. he did. He did. Yeah, it's been. He has been very inconsistent. Yeah. I speak to Frankie Carcetti, his, his uh, electronics engineer, and he said honestly, Neil, we've had lots of problems in the team. There's been lots of mistakes from our side. Mm. So you know, yeah. back him up a little bit as I well. I will say something though. 
Johnny Hernandez on a Moto2 bike is something to behold. It will suit his, his the, the yep. natural way he rides a motorcycle, which is... Sideways. Side, Supermoto, backing it in, it should... It should suit him. Do you know what? You Let's he hope he goes down to Moto2. And that's a cracking season. World and champion and comes back again. How nice would that be? Yeah. 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 And he's well capable of being world champion on a Moto2 bike. Well yeah. capable. Yeah, we'll see how he gets on next year. As we say, Carol Abraham to replace him at the Aspar team alongside Alvaro Bautista. So the MotoGP grid is finally complete for 2017. And just finally, we've got to move on uh, to Moto3. Uh, Anaya Bastinini finally <laughs> winning, uh, meaning that uh, Neil Hodgson is five pounds lighter out of his ample wallet this weekend. Um, so we think about 2016, but that's gone. 2017, is Anaya the favourite now? Yeah, you would have to say that. Yeah. Ooh, who isn't moving up? Canet and Mir are not moving up. For and and also Bulliger. Oh, actually, He's yeah. yeah the, Dijan the, Antonio and well, we, uh, Romano we, Fanati coming back next we year. We don't know who Valentino's second Moto2 rider will be next year yet. Because I have a sneaky feeling that Bulliger's in the running for that because he's such a tall kid. Yeah, I'm unaware of that. But you would have to say that Bastianini, he must be favourite. For, for the title for next year, with his experience. It's, but there's a lot of people in the, on that bookie's chart. And he's moving right. teams. Yeah, he's moving to, to Jorge, Jorge Navarro's bikes. We'll yeah. be teammates with Aaron Canet next year. That's in a quick team, Galicia. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you got to be pleased for him, though, with that run of podiums that he had in succession. Mm. Devastated I was. It cost me five pounds. <laughs> no, I was pleased. Actually, No, I was, I was frustrated because we, we did that little bet going on, me and Keith. But... Um, I really like Anaya, one of the good guys. His English isn't fantastic, but he's one of the cheeky little chappies in the paddock. And he's a great rider, and I can't believe that's only his second ever no. GP win because he's, no. he's battled for, I don't know, what seems like a thousand GP wins over the last three years. What I've always liked about him, that as an Italian, his favourite rider was Casey Stoner. That's one of the things that's always stood out for me. He didn't idolise Valentino Rossi as all these other kids. He, I remember him being here and stood down pit lane and him coming up and saying, would you mind introducing me to Casey Stoner? Because I'd just been, he'd just seen me chatting to Casey. And I goes, yeah, of course, came over. Casey was obviously enthralled by uh, meeting this young Moto3 kid. So, uh, yeah, all the best to Anaya Bastianini for next year, should I say, but also this weekend, because, it, again, Moto3 around the Philip Island circuit. It's a uh, stick a pin in it. Stuff. Well, it is. I've got, I've got a rookie feeling. I think because the, the rookie boys are really at it in the championship with Bulliger, Mir and uh, uh, Dijan Antonio. Antonio. I've got a feeling one of the rookies is going to pull one out. What a nice thought. Yeah. Nice and that, that's thought. wishful thinking. I'd just like to see one of I can see Dijan Antonio. Uh, As kids, well, you, you can, can imagine them. them. <laughs> I can see Bulliger. <laughs> yes, I can, Neil. All of them. You're right. Mir actually did his first Grand Prix here last yeah. year. It was a, he was filling in for somebody. He I can't was, he was, was filling in, in for in the Leopard team, wasn't he? Yeah. For Vasquez, was it? Or? But he went down with... Oh, no, he, one of them. He crashed out early on with uh, John McPhee. Mm. So he has been here before. So that might, that, well, yeah, that will be help. An interesting one to watch over the weekend as well. Right, we look forward to a great weekend here uh, for the Australian Grand Prix. Thanks, Julian. Cheers, Neil, as well. Make sure you download the review podcast following the race here at Phillip Island. Remember, of course, join us for every single session live this weekend on BT Sport 2. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.